Good morning, Evergreen. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Um, Tommy mentioned that um, I am the community pastor here at Evergreen, and that is such a joy, um, goodness, just getting to um, do life with you guys in community and family is incredible, and it's something my heart really burns for. Um, I have such a passion to see people finding their place in the family of God and in community, and um, so I'm just super grateful. And Tommy mentioned a little bit, just my role here is, um, yeah, helping with events, helping with pastoral care, um, just helping with volunteers, and it's such a joy. And you guys make it so easy for me because you do family and community so well. And so I feel like I just get to partner with you guys. And um, I think also when I think about Evergreen, one of the things that I feel is just so unique about Evergreen, we were asked this question, like, what's, what's unique about Evergreen recently? And when I heard that, I was like, community. I feel like we do community so well, the way we love each other. And I feel like it's something unique that defines Evergreen. And um, you guys are part of making that happen. And also just want to honor Pastor Tommy. Um, when I stepped into this role of community pastor, I just even realized into more depth of how he's planted this church. And that's one of the foundations that this is built on. Um, Tommy, if you know him, he is one of the most accepting, inclusive, will always go out and meet people and greet people. And so he's really cultivated that. And so makes it easy to just step into this role. And then um, just you guys. Um, there's been so many times I've honestly been brought to tears just watching you guys love each other and take care of each other. It's, oh, I could cry right now, it's just overwhelming of the way that you guys love each other. And um, a couple months ago, we had a camping trip. Yeah, some of you guys were on that. And um, this is one of the examples where I literally watched just such beauty of everybody kind of taking care of each other. It was like, oh, you didn't bring a tent? That was me. Oh, you didn't bring a tent? Just jump in ours, you know? Or, oh, you don't have a sleeping bag? Also me. Um, here's, here's a sleeping bag. Here's some blankets, you know? And, um, you know, there were some other people like, you don't know how to build a tent. Let's help you. Oh, you have a lot of stuff to carry. Let me help you carry it to your car. And just watching, like, the conversations that were taking place, it was like there was no one like excluded. It was like everybody was a part of something. It was really special um, of just watching everybody engage and get to know each other. And so that's just one of the many examples. Um, I see it so many other times through Beach Sundays or, you know, little crew, like taco crew getting together. Or just You guys just do this naturally. And so today, I will be preaching on supernatural community. And I really believe this is a solution that we need right now to really step into all that God has for us individually and as a body and as a community. And so in this current season, I truly believe that there is a strong invitation in this area, which I think there's like a few main purposes of why we're stepping into the supernatural community. Um, and one of it, I just really believe the first purpose is it reveals the power of cross for unity. What Jesus did on the cross and how that we can have union with him. Secondly, supernatural community gives us a vision to show us where we can radically and practically live this out in community. And third reason why we have supernatural community is it's a powerful witness to the world around us. We should be powerfully demonstrating God's love and how we live in community. So, first, supernatural community reveals the power of the cross for unity with Jesus and unity with each other. So as we look at the Last Supper, Jesus is with his disciples and they're having 
um, a Passover meal together. In just the act of communion at the Last Supper, Jesus is demonstrating fellowship, participation, do not want to see it, <laughs> and um, just fellowship and participation and sharing with each other. And he took the bread, and he gave thanks, and he broke it. This is in Luke twenty-two nineteen, And he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And the root word of communion means fellowship, mutual participation, and sharing. So every time that we're having communion, that Jesus was having communion, there's this opportunity to come together, to fellowship, to participate, and to commune with each other, commune with God. And I, I had to really just think about this for a bit. Do we pause and think about Jesus died so that we could have union with him, that we could be in relationship with him. Jesus paid the price so that we can have this. And sometimes, you know, we can go into a relationship with God and we think, oh, I have to strive to have this relationship, or there might be something blocking it. But guys, he paid so that we could have union with him that we can talk with him, that we can have life with him. And this has been major for me of just realizing in my relationship with him, I am already accepted, I'm already loved, and I'm already in covenant with him because of what he's done on the cross. And I think we just have to really get that in our hearts and just have that union with him that he's given us. And also the power of the cross also made a way for supernatural community with each other. So Jesus, when he, his body was broken, it was so we could also have relationship with each other, that we can have supernatural community. And Jesus had a love for community. As we look in the scriptures, he has different like tiers somewhat of community. You know, he had his close inner three of the disciples. That was Peter, James, and John the Beloved. So, you know, sometimes we, we have our little cozy friends and um, sometimes we need that, that inner circle and it's okay. Um, and then it, when it expanded and he had the 12 disciples and he was doing life with the disciples. Um, they were traveling together, they were ministering together, they were um, you know, healing, miracles, all the things. So you have the 12. Expands a little more, and then we have the 70. And the 70 were an extension of the disciples, and they were trained, and they were um, equipped, and they were also sent out. And then, Finally, there's a bigger circle, and that was the crowds, the multitudes, that they would have these multitudes of people come that needed to hear about, you know, the kingdom. They needed healing, and they would come. And Jesus also had his time alone with the Father, and he went away, and he would, you know, so that's important. But he also didn't isolate he had relationships with people. And that, the way Jesus lived his life actually sets up a model for us of how to do life in this present day. And that's why I love this local church um, and the local church in general. Um, if you spend enough time with me, <laughs> um, usually I'm like, but what about the local church? <laughs> like, my team can tell you. <laughs> I just have a huge heart. Um, but with the local church even, within here, we have friendships that can happen. You know, we have those inner, inner friends, maybe outside of the church, but that you can be real with, that you can go deeper with in vulnerability. And then we have also, we have, after that, we have the 12. 
So we have our greenhouses, we have community groups, we have other groups to kind of get discipled together, to do life together, to share a meal with. And then lastly, we have um, the big crowds. So here on a Sunday, we have um, where we all come together as the body and we all just worship him together. And all of these elements are needed in supernatural community because they bring components of God's love and our unity in Christ operating powerfully. So the first purpose of supernatural community is union with God. He died on the cross so that we can have union with him. And the second um, purpose of supernatural community allows us to actually live this out practically and radically with each other. This all sounds good, right? So we're gonna just live life together. It's gonna be probably like a kumbaya, my lord, moment, right? Right. So we all have personalities, we have emotions, we have some, you know, rough around the edges, we got it all. So as good as that sounds, what, how do we actually live in a community with each other in a healthy, empowering, life-giving way? So Acts 2, it'll come up here, gives us a peek as the early church lived this out. So let's turn to Acts 2 on your phones or look up here. And as we're turning there, I just want to recap the last month. We've had amazing services um, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Um, There's been physical healings. There's been emotional healings. There's been powerful messages from Michelle and Tommy and Richard and, and others. And what... What's exciting about this is at the beginning or at the end of Acts 1 and beginning of Acts 2, Pentecost came. Tongues of fire, speaking in tongues. And then later is here after all of that, so end of chapter 2, we find that community is formed immediately following the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So right after all of that, and that's one reason I'm really excited to share today, because I believe there's a strong invitation to step into this supernatural community. And not that we don't already do that well, but I feel like there's there's an invitation. And um, the outpouring of the Spirit always brings an opportunity for supernatural community. So let's look at Acts 2. And we'll start with 42. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of holy awe swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. See what's happening? All are glued to the teachings of God. And he's moving powerfully. He's in the midst. They're praying for one another. They're in awe of what God is doing. And that's what we've been doing, right? We've just been in awe, like, wow, God did this. God God healed this person. They were in awe. Then let's continue to verse 44, Acts 2, 44. All the believers were in fellowship as one body. They shared with one one another whatever they had. Out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who were in need among them. Daily, they met together in the temple courts and in one another's homes to celebrate communion. They shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. They were continually filled with praises to God, enjoying the favor of the people, and the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. So what are we seeing here? What's happening in community? And the one thing that really sticks out is there was one 
body. They were all unified as one body playing a part. And we also see this in Acts 12, or sorry, Romans 12, 4 and 5. And there it talks about the body also. It says the human bot in the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is with the body of Christ. For though there are many, we've been mingled into one body, body in Christ. That means we are all vitally joined together on another, with one another, with each contributing to the others. Romans 12, four through five. So guys, we're one body. We're all connected, all for the glory of God. If one person succeeds, we all succeed. If one person is hurting, we're all hurting because we're one. We all have something that everybody needs. And um, I've just been, I love this so much, um, especially during this season. I feel like during this season particularly, we have an opportunity to step into something great. And I know, like just being real and honest, some of you guys potentially have been going through a harder time. And maybe finances have been a little tighter. Maybe, you know, um, it's just been tough. And I just want to say, first of all, that you're seen and you're valued and you're loved through that. And you're not alone in that. And I also just want to knock off any shame anybody might be feeling in that. Um, I know sometimes it can be like, well, I should be, I'm this age, I should be doing this and have this sort of finances. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things. And I just feel like if you're struggling, it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. Reality is, just being real, like, prices of things have gone up. And prices of housing, we live in LA. And so that can honestly be a little bit more challenging at times. And some of you guys are working hard, you're working lots of jobs, and you're working full time, and it's still tight. And I just wanna like knock off shame that you're, if you're in that position, that you're not doing anything wrong, and I just really do believe that there's a solution this morning. And within that struggle, I'm really excited because I feel like within the problems we're facing, there's an invitation to step into supernatural community and an opportunity to see God move in miracles, right? Because when there's a problem, he's God, and he never stops being God, and he's got a solution for us. And so in this season, I've kind of just been asking God, what, is, what are the strategies? What are the solutions in this season? Because he has the answers, right? What, what do you want to do in this season? And um, I believe that part of that is us coming together, somewhat like the early church in Acts, like just radically living with each other. And so um, I believe that as we step into this season, um, that just so much is gonna happen. So I'm gonna share a story about just kind of the body and how, how this sermon actually kind of started is I was, um, a couple weeks ago, I was going to an event, and um, I actually needed a dog sitter um, while I was gone. And just being honest with you guys, over the summer, I lost my one of my jobs, one, and things have just been tighter. So I went from having plenty and not really worrying about money to being like, 
oh, Jesus, you see that bill? <laughs> I'm glad you do, because, hey. <laughs> um, but I just, I needed a dog sitter, and I was like, I, don't, I actually don't really have the funds to pay someone, but I'm going to step out in faith and, you know, try to ask some people if anyone can watch my dog. And God, you got, listen, manna comes every day, so you got the manna for the rent, you know? So... I reach out to one of my friends, and um, yeah, and so I was like, hey, can you watch Mia, my dog? And she was like, I have to work, you know, but yeah, I can make, I can make it work. I can help take care of her. And so um, anyways, I then, um, she, so we got to talking, and I'm going to take, you know, my dog. So she's going to work, but she can take my dog with her, and um, so anyways, she was like, yeah, she didn't have a car that day. So she's like, yeah, I'm kind of looking for a, a ride to work. And I was like, oh, well, if you take me to the event early, you can just use my car. Like, no big deal. Like, you know, put Mia in, a car, Mia in her car seat and let's go. And so she used my car. But in that moment... God spoke to me really deeply and hit me with this revelation that even when we might be struggling or think we're in lack, we actually still have something to give. And not only that, but we're part of the body. You see, I didn't have a dog sitter, but my friend didn't have a car that day. And it was like, wait, this is how we fit together as the body. We can share, we can give. And so, um, so that was um, just something that, that God spoke to me really powerfully, that we come together as the body and have enough to give to all. And... I believe as we step into this season that one of the strategies of heaven is God asking us if we would just take the time and ask him, God, what do I have to give in this season? And not to just focus on our lack, but God, what do I have to give? And we might be surprised at what he says. And... Um, so I just want to encourage us all to step into that, to spend the time with the Holy Spirit in union with him of asking. And in Hebrews, sorry, if we look back to Acts 2, it tells us that out of generosity, that if we go back to Acts 2, there we go. Um, it tells us that out of generosity, they even sold their assets to distribute the proceeds to those who are in need among them. Guys, let's, let's, let's take that in. People were selling their proceeds so that we could, they could, everybody was taken care of. People were living radically, selflessly, and in freedom. They didn't care much about, as much, you know, about finances. They're like, what's for the glory of God? They got it. They got it. They're like, we are one body. And what does this look like in 2022? And we get to spend time asking God. And I mean, come on, I'll, I'll make it real, real talk. We're, we're in Los Angeles, and some of you guys might have properties. You might have houses. You might own cars. Praise God, and more of that. Amen. But some of us, we're not quite there yet, you know, yet. Yeah, come on, the yet. Um, some of us are like, cool, so can I pay my rent this month? And we can, because God provides the manna each day. But just being honest, like, what, what does that practically look like? Because we might not have, you know, enough to sell our properties, but what can we give? And 
just going into this season asking, God, what is it that you're asking me to let go of in my own life that I can help others and live selflessly? And it's important that we listen to Holy Spirit in that um, and not just like, oh, I'm gonna, I heard this message, I'm gonna go sell my house. You know, it's like, is God asking you to do that? And so it's important that there's that element. And in Hebrews 13, 16, it says, we will show mercy to the poor and not miss an opportunity to do acts of kindness for others. For these are the true sacrifices that delight God's heart. Guys, we have an opportunity to delight God's heart. We get to love on him by loving each other. And this sometimes can cost us something. It's not always money. Sometimes it's our time. Sometimes it's other things. And it could be our energy. I mean, it could be that God is like, hey, your friend's going through a hard time. Can you sit with them and just listen and then pray with them after? You might hear about maybe somebody not having groceries and maybe you're able to give a gift card or buy some groceries to help them out or have them over for a meal. Um, it might be, I know we can get really cozy in our comfort of friendship in circles, but sometimes it's being uncomfortable and inviting more people in and inviting people to sit with you that you might not normally sit with or inviting people to lunch that you might not usually go to lunch with. So there's those opportunities. Maybe it's just sending someone a prophetic word, like text message or um, a word of encouragement. Sometimes giving can be sacrificial within community and fellowship, and it might cost us something. And this is where it's important to listen to the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we step into just total dependency on God, and... Um, we listen to him in what he's saying. And like I said, we can't just do this of like, hey, let's just do a good deed, but what is God asking us to do? Because it's not always maybe that we're so supposed to even step in. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. Because sometimes it's God has an opportunity for someone else to step up. Or maybe it's, you know, God's like, hey, actually not this time because I want to do something supernatural and I want to provide for you. And so we have to just listen. It's a communion with the Holy Spirit because it's that balance of like not having an unhealthy dependency on people either because ultimately we have a dependency on the Holy Spirit. And, you know, dependency and community brings a miraculous and generosity and dis dependency full of faith pull on heaven. And we have an opportunity in this moment to have that happen. And if we look at just Jesus throughout the Bible, there were so many times where there was just this dependency. And I love just in the natural, like not only did Jesus um, feed the loaves and fishes, like, there was miracles before that. So he talks about the crowds getting healed and miracles, but then he had compassion, and he wanted to feed the people. So it didn't stop with just the miracles of physical healings. He wanted to feed the people. And it said he had compassion on the people, and he wanted to feed them. And so that same compassion that he had for... Um, the miracles, the physical, he still, he had that for the practical also. And we have that opportunity to step into that with each other. And another uh, point that I find um, interesting in Acts 2, it says they shared meals together with joyful hearts and tender humility. And I believe that living with each other in supernatural community is living in humility with one another that we see each other as God does and what each person carries. So healthy vulnerability. I wonder, as we see this, how did they know who was in need? 
how did they know? Was it, you know, they, they weren't eating or, you know, what, how did they know? And I wonder if these, during these times they were getting together, if people were being real, if people were being vulnerable of like, hey, I actually don't have food or I'm about to lose my property or whatever it might be. And what if we started to live that life of being more vulnerable with each other, being more real, that there wasn't shame because we knew that there's going to be another time when we have that opportunity to provide for somebody. And, you know, Jesus had his inner circle. He was real with them. And as we look as when he went to go pray at the Garden of Gethsemane, he took only three. He took James, Peter, and John the Beloved. And he's, he's in anguish, guys. He's about to go through the hardest thing he'll ever endure. And he, he explains to them, like, I'm so sad. Like, I'm, like I, I need you guys, basically. I need your support. And um, that's sometimes hard for us in this Western culture, right? Because we can live really individualistically. Um, but what if we started to live more in community and bring our close friends into those places? And, like, it's not that you maybe like share with everybody, like Jesus had a couple. So it wasn't like, you know, he was able to have those close friends that he was um, just real with. And there's kind of like, even within being vulnerable, like we can't forget that we get to commune with God first, right? So that communion with God of, hey, I'm struggling right now, or I might not have this, um, but being real and vulnerable, vulnerable with him. And then to share with your inner circle. You know, some of you guys have some close friends and they don't even know that you might not have groceries this week. But who are the safe people that you can share with? Um, so we can, um, if we look at this example, here's another little, little note. He brought these three and he's like, hey, if you guys can be there for me, if you can, you know, stay awake while I pray, you know, we got this. Well, bless the disciples. I don't know if they got tired or what, but they fell asleep. So sometimes, in our, and this is true about community and supernatural community, is um, sometimes community can't fulfill all of our needs or expectations. And we can't actually have that dependency on them because ultimately we need to depend on the Lord. And there's gonna be times where we can express our needs, we can express our expectations, but we can't have this unrealistic and unhealthy expectation that your friends have to provide for that and solve that because ultimately we have Jesus. And no matter what happens, he doesn't stop providing his manna doesn't run out, and we have to depend on him. So, um, yes. Um, so the first purpose of supernatural community was union with God. Then, secondly, is to have a vision of how to live it out with each other, um, practically and radically. And the last part of supernatural community that I want to touch on is the final verse I read from Acts 2. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were coming to life. Supernatural community to the world around us is a witness to the world around us. Guys, people get to see Jesus by us doing life together, by us taking care of each other, by us loving each other. And Jesus said um, that they will know, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love and unselfish concern for each other. And this is something that you guys do. People see Jesus through Evergreen. And a couple weeks ago, we went to a lunch and bless. It was a little bit of a hot mess. Um, <laughs> took a while to get food. It was, you know, bless it. But 
Um, anyways, if you know, you know. Um, anyways, but in that moment, there was another big group along with Evergreen. And you guys were amazing. Like you were patient, you were kind still, you were just interacting with each other, but then you took it beyond that. And I saw you guys playing games with these, this other group, interacting. And what began to happen was this other group was like, who are you guys? Where are you from? I wanna hang out with you guys more. And as we live this, um, we get to be the light of Jesus into the world. And as we go deeper with God, we go deeper with each other, there's gonna be a wider reach into the city of Los Angeles. There might be people that maybe would never come to church, but they get to see us living our lives and they start inquiring. They have this desire to belong. And one of the basic needs for all humans is belonging. Like there's the practical of like housing, food, <laughs> then there's like health, and then belonging on the hierarchy is next. And we get to be that where we're belonging and others will belong. And so what might happen if we got the concept that we need each other and what each other carries. If we started to realize, I can't do this on my own, but I can do it within supernatural community. And I feel really excited for this time to walk into the more of God in his supernatural ways. And I think we have this invitation in this season Instead of looking at it like, oh, wow, gas prices are getting higher, which they are. Listen, <laughs> I know, <laughs> SUV driver. Um, but, you know, instead of like that fear of lack, what if we have anticipation of what God is going to do in this season? What if we're like, what is the strategies of heaven? What are the solutions? And how can we partner with him? And I truly believe that um, in this season, we get to delight his heart. We get to delight him as we care for each other. And um, I'm, I'm just really excited as we go deeper into supernatural community in this season. And yeah, just to honor what you guys are already doing, um, this isn't to be like, oh, you're not doing that. But I'm excited to step into even deeper and... Um, just see what's gonna happen as we keep doing that. And so, love you guys. And um, thank you for letting me share my heart. Um, right now, oh. yeah, um, we're gonna go into a time of communion. I thought it was appropriate, you know? We talked about it a lot today. Um, but as we do that, there's a couple things that are gonna happen. Um, maybe you're here today and you've been struggling with community. Maybe you felt like I don't belong or there's been anxiety to be around people. Uh, maybe there's been some division. I really believe that today as we just remember the cross and what he's paid for, that there's gonna be healing for many that radical and supernatural community is gonna break out. And so um, we have some communion in the back. And as you go and get that, I want you to just take a moment to commune with God. And if you haven't been doing that, maybe you've just been like in performance mode or just haven't been taking the time to spend with him, just take a few moments and then we're gonna have communion together. But just commune with God about this topic. Um, about being in relationship with him and others. So you guys can go ahead and get your communion and then we'll come back and we'll have communion together.
All right, let's go ahead and take communion together, guys. If you want to hold um, the bread or the little little wafer there, the holy plastic wrap just coming right off, just the sound of heaven, heaven touching earth, plastic wrap. On the night that Jesus broke the bread, he peeled back the plastic. He took out a little styrofoam-shaped circle. Jesus is the bread of life. He's our daily bread. He's our sustainer. He's the one that gave his own body for you. The stripes upon his back were for your healing. His body up on a cross as the pure and spotless lamb that was sacrificed for the sake of the world. And his blood was poured out. Redemptive power, the scarlet thread of redemption that went all through scripture was met on Calvary and you were brought into it. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take together. And then he took the cup and he peeled back some more plastic. Have you ever wondered why Jesus chose red wine? Have you ever wondered why his first miracle at Cana was turning water into wine at a wedding? Have you made the connection that we are called his bride? He said, this is my blood poured out for you my blood of a new covenant, a blood covenant. He paid the highest price, not only for your life to be saved, but to bring you into everlasting life in a new covenant by the power of his blood. That's why we sing out about the power of his blood. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of the scandalous nature of the cross. We will find life day after day as we look to the cross and look up on that at the one that was pierced and said, he took my life, my dirty rags, my life that was broken and full of shame and guilt, my head that was tortured, my heart that needed healing. And he took that frame upon himself. And we were brought in to his death, burial, and resurrection. And it's by the power of his blood that we are brought into new life. And so let's drink the wine of the new covenant in remembrance of him. It's a blood that washes us clean. It's a sanctifying blood it's a sealing blood. It's a blood that calls out and says, you are mine. Forever you are mine. And so we receive, God, the power of the blood of Jesus in our lives that changes us and transforms us. And we remember you and what you've done. And we pray that even as we're talking about community, we need your help, Holy Spirit. We're not just a group that gathers with smiling faces and gives high fives. We want to be supernaturally united in you. Through the union with Jesus and the union with each other, we can bring 
the body of Jesus to the world. So do that deep within us, God. Let there be a celebration of those around us. We're not so self-focused on what we can do in our accomplishments, but we're celebrating which every person around us has been entering into the more and the greater things in their lives. And that together we are bringing the kingdom of God to a hurting world, a city on a hill. And so we thank you, Jesus, what you're doing in our lives. We're so thankful. We are so thankful. You continue to lead us into the greater things. We continue to discover day after day the power of the cross and the resurrection power of Jesus alive within us. I pray for just any kind of numbing that's taken place in our lives and numbing to, oh, I've heard this truth before. I've, gone, I've started to go through the motions. I thank you, God, that you are waking us up to a fresh attention, a fresh attention in our lives. And I see him in each and every one of you, giving you in the next, I even saw the next three days, that the Lord wants to give you a fresh vision for the next 30 years of your life. I see him in, the, in a sanctifying nature in your life. Even as you go to sleep tonight, that you're giving a commitment to the Lord that in the next three days, there will be a, a fresh nature of a vision for 30 years of your life. We've been talking this week about how God is moving us away from just the daily struggle and the daily things in front of us to a vision for not only our own lives, but for the generations. This is a movement out of being stuck in just the, the ordinary things of life, and it's moving us in community to impacting the generations. And so I pray, God, that even today that you would shift us out of that place of being obsessed with the temporary things in front of us into a place of having eternal eyes. Give us eternal eyes, God, for our own lives that all of a sudden when we have that vision, the sin issues that feel like they're tangling us will fall away because it's not worth it anymore. It's not worth it to have the cup of soup for, this, for a trade of the generational blessing. We're, we're not giving in like Esau to a temporary need, but we actually have our eyes set on the eternal, the blessing for the generations. So I thank you, God, for the shift even right now. I can feel it in my core that there's things this week that are falling away from your life that you've been so going over and over in your mind, feeling trapped and anxious and just riddled with guilt. Things like that, even right now in your life this week, lay them before the Lord and set your eyes on eternal purposes. That's where you're gonna find purpose that's where you're going to find meaning and true freedom. So I thank you, God, for the shifting in our lives, bringing us back on the path. Do that within us, God. I thank you, too, that this is a season where we get to do that with our friends. We get to look upon the individuals next to us, to our left and to our right, and call us into our eternal destiny. Do that within our community, God. Move deeply within us, Holy Spirit. Hey. Just take a moment right now and just don't even think about the person to your right or left. Just start praying out loud if you would be so bold. Just pray out loud that God would give you fresh eyes for the eternal purposes in your life. Give us fresh eyes for the eternal purposes. That we wouldn't stay trapped in just these things that, are, that feel all-consuming, out of anxiety, out of the anxiousness of the days and weeks ahead of us and into the eternal. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We reach out to you. Take us out of the, the places that we feel stuck.
So let's commit to that the next three days. Can we be intentional about the next three days when you're spending time with God? Ask him for those eyes of the eternal in your own life to be connected through the ways that you're journaling, the ways that you're writing and praying and meditating. And let's see what he says the next three days out of the temporary and into the eternal things.